today is the 14th day of February. Happy St. Valentine's Day today. It is great to be here with you once again coming from the Galilee. We will be leaving the Galilee today. But we did have a wonderful day yesterday in this region and around the Sea of Galilee. Well, we can talk about that more at the end. We are here at the beginning. And so let's dive in. We'll obviously pick up where we left off yesterday. And we will see that the things that God had instructed to be con- constructed, to be built, to be made, are being made. Exodus chapters 37 and 38. Bezalel built a chest of acacia wood 110 centimeters long, 66 centimeters wide, and 66 centimeters high. He covered it inside and out with pure gold and put a gold edging around the top. He made four gold rings and attached one of them to each of the four legs of the chest. Then he made two poles of acacia wood, covered them with gold, and put them through the rings so the chest could be carried by the poles. The entire lid of the chest, which was made of pure gold, was the place of mercy. On each of the two ends of the chest he made a winged creature of hammered gold. They faced each other and their wings covered the place of mercy. Bezalel built a table of acacia wood, 88 centimeters long, 44 centimeters wide and 66 centimeters high. He covered it with pure gold and put a gold edging around it with a border, 75 millimeters thick. He made four gold rings and attached one to each of the legs near the edging. The poles for carrying the table were placed through these rings and were made of acacia wood covered with gold. Everything that was to be set on the table was made of pure gold. The bowls, plates, jars, and cups for wine offerings. Bezalel made a lampstand of pure gold. The whole lampstand, including its decorative flowers, was made from a single piece of hammered gold, with three branches on each of its two sides. There were three decorative almond blossoms on each branch and four on the stem. There was also a blossom where each pair of branches came out from the stem. The lampstand, including its branches and decorative flowers, was made from a single piece of hammered pure gold. The lamp and its equipment, including the tongs and trays, were made of about 35 kilograms of pure gold. For burning incense, Bezalel made an altar of acacia wood. It was 45 centimeters square and 90 centimeters high with each of its four corners sticking up like the horn of a bull. He covered it with pure gold and put a gold edging around it. Then, below the edging on opposite sides, he attached two gold rings through which he put the poles for carrying the altar. These poles were also made of acacia wood and covered with gold. Bezalel mixed the sacred oil for dedication 
and the pure spices for the sweet-smelling incense. Bezalel built an altar of acacia wood for offering sacrifices. It was two and a quarter meters square and 1.34 meters high, with each of its four corners sticking up like the horn of a bull, and it was completely covered with bronze. The equipment for the altar was also made of bronze. The pans for the hot ashes, the shovels, the bowls, the meat forks, and the fire pans. About halfway up the altar, he built a ledge around it and covered the bottom half of the altar with a decorative bronze grating. Then he attached a bronze ring beneath the ledge at the four corners to put the poles through. He covered two acacia wood poles with bronze and put them through the rings for carrying the altar, which was shaped like an open box. Bezalel made a large bowl and a stand out of bronze from the mirrors of the women who helped at the entrance to the sacred tent. Around the sacred tent, Bezalel built a courtyard 44 meters long on the south and north and 22 meters wide on the east and west. He used 20 bronze posts on bronze stands for the south and north and 10 for the west. Then he hung a curtain of fine linen on the posts along each of these three sides by using silver hooks and rods. He placed three bronze posts on each side of the entrance at the east and hung a curtain 6.67 meters wide on each set of posts. For the entrance to the courtyard, Bezalel made a curtain nine meters long which he hung on four bronze posts that were set on bronze stands. This curtain was 2.25 meters high, the same height as the one for the rest of the courtyard, and was made of fine linen embroidered and woven with blue, purple, and red wool. He hung the curtain on the four posts using silver hooks and rods. The pegs for the tent and for the curtain around the tent were made of bronze. Bezalel had worked closely with Aholiab, who was an expert at designing and engraving, and at embroidering blue, purple, and red wool. The two of them completed the work that the Lord had commanded to be done. Moses put Aaron's son Ithamar in charge of the Levites who kept record of the metals used for the sacred tent. According to the official weights, the amount of gold given was a ton, and the silver that was collected when the people were counted came to 3.4 tons. Everyone who was counted paid the required amount, and there was a total of 603,550 men who were 20 years old or older. 34 kilograms of the silver were used to make each of the 100 stands for the sacred tent and the curtain. The remaining 30 kilograms of silver were used for the hooks and rods and for covering the tops of the posts. 2,425 kilograms of bronze were given, and it was used to make the stands for the entrance to the tent, the altar, and its grating, the equipment for the altar, the stands for the posts that surrounded the courtyard, 
including those at the entrance to the courtyard, and the pegs for the tent and the courtyard. Matthew 28 The Sabbath was over, and it was almost daybreak on Sunday when Mary Magdalene and the other Mary went to see the tomb. Suddenly, a strong earthquake struck, and the Lord's angel came down from heaven. He rolled away the stone and sat on it. The angel looked as bright as lightning, and his clothes were as white as snow. The guards shook from fear and fell down as though they were dead. The angel said to the women, Don't be afraid. I know you are looking for Jesus, who was nailed to a cross. He isn't here. God has raised him to life, just as Jesus said he would. Come, see the place where his body was lying. Now hurry, Tell his disciples he has been raised to life and is on his way to Galilee. Go there and you will see him. This is what I came to tell you. The women were frightened and yet very happy as they hurried from the tomb and ran to tell his disciples. Suddenly, Jesus met them and greeted them. They went near him, held on to his feet and worshipped him. And Jesus said, Don't be afraid. Tell my followers to go to Galilee. They will see me there. While the women were on their way, some soldiers who had been guarding the tomb went into the city. They told the chief priests everything that had happened. So the chief priests met with the leaders and decided to bribe the soldiers with a lot of money. They said to the soldiers, Tell everyone that Jesus' disciples came during the night and stole his body while you were asleep. If the governor hears about this, we will talk to him. You won't have anything to worry about. The soldiers took the money and did what they were told. The people of Judea still tell each other this story. Jesus' eleven disciples went to a mountain in Galilee where Jesus had told them to meet him. They saw him and worshipped him, but some of them doubted. Jesus came to them and said, I have been given all authority in heaven and on earth. Go to the people of all nations and make them my disciples. Baptize them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit and teach them to do everything I have told you. I will be with you always, even until the end of the world. Psalm 34, 11-22 Come, my children, Listen as I teach you to respect the Lord. Do you want to live and enjoy a long life? Then don't say cruel things and don't tell lies. Do good 
instead of evil and try to live at peace. If you obey the Lord, He will watch over you and answer your prayers. But God despises evil people and He will wipe them all from the earth till they are forgotten. When His people pray for help, He listens and rescues them from their troubles. The Lord is there to rescue all who are discouraged and have given up hope. The Lord's people may suffer a lot, but He will always bring them safely through. Not one of their bones will ever be broken. Wicked people are killed by their own evil deeds, and if you hate God's people, you will be punished. The Lord saves the lives of His servants. Run to Him for protection, and you won't be punished. Proverbs 9, 9 and 10 If you have good sense, instruction will help you to have even better sense. And if you live right, education will help you to know even more. Respect and obey the Lord. This is the beginning of wisdom. To have understanding, you must know the Holy God. Okay, so it's Valentine's Day and we celebrate love, right? And we celebrate our partners and maybe flowers, maybe chocolate, maybe going out to eat. Just a special day to commemorate the relationships that we have and to celebrate love. And what an appropriate passage to read in the Gospel of Matthew because this is... This is the story of, of the greatest love bestowed upon humanity that has ever been. And so we read today the story of the resurrection of Jesus from the dead. He had trusted the Father. He had drunk from the cup that he had asked if, it, if there was any way it could pass. He had drunk it. He had trusted all the way into death and had returned victorious to life. Obviously, we commemorate and greatly celebrate this story at Easter. This is the Easter story. And so if we've been around the faith a long time, we know that and so we commemorate it and we know of the resurrection and it, it becomes part of the story of our faith, but we're talking right now about the event that changed everything. It changed everyone who was following Jesus, and it changed the world going forward all the way right up until this very day. And so Matthew tells us about the women, both named Mary, going to the tomb only to have an encounter they were not expecting, an angelic visitation, a rolling away of the stone, and instructions that Jesus was no longer there and that they should meet him in the Galilee, which ironically is where we're at, and so it's very poignant. 
We also got to see the scene where Jesus has risen from the dead and the word has gotten into Jerusalem to the very people that were trying to stamp Jesus out, killing him, having him killed so that the story would just die away. And so they pay off the soldiers that were guarding the tomb and spread around the rumor that Jesus' disciples had come and stolen the body. Meanwhile, they're in the Galilee meeting with Jesus. And we actually bring the Gospel of Matthew to a close today. So well done. We have now concluded our first full book in the New Testament. So both in Old and New Testaments, we have completed our first books. The Gospel of Matthew ends with the words of Jesus. I have been given all authority in heaven and on earth. Go to the people of all nations and make them my disciples. Baptize them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, and teach them to do everything I have told you. I will be with you always, even until the end of the world. And so a tremendous promise that we will never be abandoned, that Jesus is with us, that Jesus holds all authority in heaven and on earth and has bestowed authority upon us to obey his instructions. It's like Jesus is saying, it is accomplished, which is what he said from the cross. It is finished. It, it has been done. Now go tell everybody. Go tell everybody the good news. And is there anything better like on Valentine's Day that we could receive as a note from Jesus from the scriptures today than to be told, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. Let's carry that in our hearts today. And Jesus, we... We thank you for a love that is really beyond our full comprehension and a display of love that has changed the very landscape of the world and its people. We thank you for loving us enough to come here and be one of us and identify with us and experience what we experience in a way that we can see and so that we we can never really say, God doesn't understand what I'm going through. You, you do. And you lived. And you modeled. And you endured. And you showed us what humanity can be, even in a fallen world. Now we live our lives imitating you because this is the way to life. And you have provided it. And you have loved us. And we love you. And we are grateful. Lead us forward in our lives. Give us wisdom 
for our steps. Lead us into all truth, Holy Spirit, we pray. In the name of Jesus. Amen. Okay, so as I mentioned at the beginning, we're leaving the Galilee today, which is always a little bittersweet. It's a little sad. It's a, it's a remarkable place to visit, and the serenity of the Galilee is is beautiful. And so, it's uh, hard to say goodbye, even though we have to say goodbye to move forward into the next. Uh, the next regions that we need to visit before we uh, can conclude our journey together. And so we'll talk about where we're going and how we got there and all of that after it happens. But we were able to spend a really beautiful, like near perfect day around the Sea of Galilee yesterday, beginning on the Mount of Beatitudes. We just simply immersed ourselves in the Sermon on the Mount that the the place represents. And we just allowed ourselves to be people of the villages coming to hear this rabbi up on this hill and just listened to his sermon and reflected upon his Sermon on the Mount as we visited the site and enjoyed it. It's a little different than the last time I was here. They they had a fire. And I remember reading about that in the news several months ago, but realizing now like it, it was uh, an intentionally set fire. And thankfully, it didn't burn any buildings, but it, it burned... Uh, a whole section of the gardens and it's a serene place that's really really beautiful and it really ruined a, 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 a whole section that has to be kind of cleaned out and and trees that can be salvaged salvaged and ones that can't and they have to be removed and the whole place will have to kind of regrow in that area uh, that wasn't a diminishment to the to the experience it's just having been there a lot of times it was it was different but we had a beautiful time there on a beautiful morning and then coming down from the hill we went down right to the sea of galilee right to the shore right as the uh, uh, as the glassy waves just kind of lapped up against the shore to a place um, that is a, a commem- commemorative spot for Jesus cooking his disciples' breakfast on the shore and asking them once again to cast their nets on the other side. And once again, a haul of fish comes in and they are restored and they have breakfast together and Jesus presses into Peter, do you love me? And we just explored all of that passage of scripture from that place and then spent some time just right on the shore, like right at the water's edge on, again, like a beautiful day. It it was so serene and 
the Sea of Galilee, when we got here, the winds came in and it was really, really windy. Um, but today, very, very calm, very still, very beautiful. So we moved from there to Capernaum, the kind of ground zero for Jesus' ministry, the kind of the adult hometown of Jesus, and just explored that place, which is really remarkable. It, it's remarkable to be there and think everything kind of started here. Everything expanded from this place and thousands of years later we are drawn to this place like a big circle we've come back to where it began and where so much ministry happened and where Jesus spent so much of his time and just to consider that he ate there and that he drank there and that he laughed there and that he saw fires there and cooked there and just had life there among the people quite remarkable so we spent a, a generous amount of time just being there enjoying being there learning about the place considering that we're standing where Jesus stood pretty cool in fact more than pretty cool this is like it's hard to say what the words are for the way that you feel in those moments remarkable and so we spent a good amount of time there in Capernaum and then headed uh, to lunch really really close nearby really just the other side of of the Capernaum site had some lunch and then went around the other side of the lake and got on a uh, a boat and went sailing on the Sea of Galilee for a while, worshiping God, enjoying uh, a few moments of silence. Uh, the boat drivers shut the engines down for us and we just floated freely on the Sea of Galilee for a few minutes. And it's so interesting when that silence sets in, when everybody stops talking, when we just sit just for a few minutes. It's incredible how alive the silence is and how rejuvenating it feels. And then Jill, she stood up and sang over us and we sang along with her and entered back into worship and just enjoyed the serenity of the Sea of Galilee, knowing that Jesus calmed storms on this sea. Jesus walked on this water, and everywhere that we're looking, Jesus, he gazed upon these hills. He gazed upon this lake. He saw what we're seeing. And yeah, it's, it's a couple thousand years later, and so technology has changed and everything, but, but not the landscape so much. And so just being there in those moments, really, really beautiful. And then we moved from there to our last stop around the Sea of Galilee, and that is the Valley of the Doves. So that is at the base of Mount Arbel. And Mount Arbel is a very distinct uh, peak in the Galilee, very, very noticeable. And uh, those of you who have ever been here, you, you know what I'm talking about. 
And so there's a pathway through there, through the valley, the ancient pathway, the ancient uh, traveling road between Nazareth and the Sea of Galilee. So we walk just a bit up the valley, not too far, and just looked around. It's just strikingly gorgeous. And it was, uh, the sun was going down, so it's kind of the golden hour and everything's beautiful. And just appreciated the time that we've had here in the Galilee and just took a deep breath and invited Jesus to be with us and appreciated once again that we are walking in the footsteps of Jesus. This was the way between Nazareth and the Galilee, and so Jesus would have walked this road between the two. And so, once again, walking in the footsteps of Jesus and looking around and seeing what he saw and just appreciating the time that we've had in the Galilee, knowing that we have to uh, leave it behind in order to move forward. And so just to drink it in and let it settle in and let this portion of our journey, our pilgrimage together, um, settle in, settle into our hearts, become a part of who we are as we prepare to move forward. And so a really fantastic day. And today we'll be moving back to the coast through the Jezreel Valley. That's the plan. And I'll tell you all about it after it happens but once again thank you for your continued prayers over us as we continue this journey it is like drinking from a fire hose it's a lot to take in and so uh thank you for your prayers over us as we continue our journey we love you and we thank you and we feel your prayers and appreciate them deeply if you want to partner with the Daily Audio Bible, thank you, humbly, deeply, thank you. There is a link on the homepage at dailyaudiobible.com. If you're using the app, you can press the Give button in the upper right-hand corner. With a mailing address is P.O. Box 1996, Spring Hill, Tennessee, 37174. And of course, if you have a prayer request or encouragement, you can hit the hotline button in the app or you can dial 877-942-4253. And that's it for today. I'm Brian. I love you. And I'll be waiting for you here tomorrow. Hey, fellow dabbers, this is right where I belong in St. Louis. And I just heard Webster from Middle Tennessee. And he it was crying out to God because he feels stuck. He feels like he doesn't have a relationship with God. In the same way, it seems that he sees other people. And he's saying that he's a very logical person and nothing he seems to be doing is working. And I just said it out loud in my car on the way to work as I was listening to your call, Webster, that you do, you do have faith. The fact that you keep trying, that you keep trying in so many ways, you keep praying, you keep seeking fellowship, you are calling in to the dab after not having ever called, listening for two years, you keep reading your Bible. Brother, that is faith. 
that's what faith is, is you keep trying and you keep praying even though you don't feel like it's something. And it seems that you're looking for a particular feeling or something that somebody else says or has or something. Brother, your faith is your faith and God is going to minister to you in the way that you are, that he created you to be. And so I pray, Lord Jesus, open Webster's eyes to see the way that his faith is unique, that you love him and that you care for him, and that um, however it is that his faith is developing, um, that he sees that and he knows and has confidence in that. I hope you have a great day. All of you dabbers, have a wonderful day. Hey dabbers, it's winter on February 8th. And I've gotta say, God has moved me this morning when I heard about the sheep on his right and the goats on his left. And as a child, I always said, Mom, Dad, I don't know what I can do because I'm never, I'm never gonna be able to really go on mission trips until I'm much older and I'm never gonna have time for service because of the amount of school that the public school system has been doing. You know, like all the work that goes into schooling. But, and I always thought I'm the least of all the Christians because the most I can offer is kindness and grace and love when I see a need for it, but I don't have a lot of time to give. And so when I just heard Jesus' words saying, you've helped me when you've helped your brothers, and you've clothed me when you've clothed your brothers, and you've looked after me when you've looked after your brothers. I just, I started crying because I've always wanted to help the person who's helped me the most and I've never been able to do so in the way that I thought was necessary. So Dabbers, if you felt as inadequate as me when it comes to God, be loved today. Amen. Hello, Dabber brothers and sisters. This is Melanie from Arizona calling in and I would like to give a shout out and ask for prayer and say a prayer for all the faithful Christians around the world who are single. Um, I don't know what it's like in other countries, but uh, I feel that the church in the U.S. has a very strong focus on uh, people who are married and on children uh, because the family is super duper important. Um, and sometimes I, as a single, I've been married and I've been single, they're both hard. <laughs> but sometimes as a single, it feels like a second class citizen. Like if you're having problems in your marriage, everybody crowds around to support you. And if you're having problems when you're single, you kind of get a pat on the head and be told to, yeah, just look to Jesus. Which is true, except sometimes it is uh, 
it's very minimizing. And you know, when you're 50, 60 and you're single and you've got, you know, issues, uh, you need prayer desperately just like marrieds do. And your issues are not less important. And so I want to say that to the singles and I pray God's mercy on you. And sometimes you might feel like a sparrow, but God's eyes are on the sparrow. And I would ask for prayer for people who have not thought of this before, that you would remember to pray for the single believers and remember that their issues are just as important as the marrieds. In Jesus' name, amen. Hey, Deb fam, it's Connie in Rhode Island. I just want to pray for Webster in Tennessee. Um, it is the 8th of February today, and I heard your request. I pray, Lord, that you help him um, to feel encouraged and help him to get past being stuck, um, that you give him the courage and the strength to step out of sin and break the addiction and the cycle of mental um the things that maybe he's choosing, perhaps. I pray, Lord, that you light up his path, light up where his feet should go, Lord, and help him to have the strength and the willpower to make the choices that he needs to make. Lord, I just thank you so much that you hear our every prayer and you know our every thought. We love you in Jesus' name, amen. Webster, I I pray for you. I, I, um, I can empathize. I obviously don't know you and exactly what you're going through, but I heard some of my past and what you were saying. And um, I had created this dark cloud for myself years ago that I would walk under. And I loved the Lord and I had so much faith in him and I knew he could do anything. I didn't know what he would do. And I learned in time that a lot of it had to do with my choices. And I was creating almost this um, this block, this glass ceiling, something like these cinder blocks between me and him. And um, it was about me and I had to work on me. And I love your heart that you are so um, open to that and wanting for that change. And I pray for that for you. Love you, brother. Hello, Daily Audio Bible family. This is God's tree, for I have many branches, but I'm rooted in the Word of God. I listened to the broadcast, I think it was on January the 6th, and the brother Webster from Tennessee, who called saying that he did not know if he had faith, he did not know if he had a relationship with God, but he said he participated in all kinds of church activities and retreats, and he was seeking God and praying God, but he felt like he didn't have a relationship. My brother, understand this. The enemy comes to beguile you, to fool you into thinking that you don't have a relationship with our Father. But if you profess with your mouth that he was your Lord and Savior, guess what? You have a relationship with him. When you're seeking him, you're having a relationship with him. When you're praying to him, you are having a relationship with him. It's about conversations with God, and it's about opening your eyes and seeing the blessings that are around you. God gave you life, health, and strength. That's a relationship with God. God gives you provision. That is your relationship with God. Don't let the enemy trick you into thinking that you don't have a relationship and that you don't have faith. 
If you didn't have faith, you wouldn't be praying. If you didn't have faith, you wouldn't be on daily audio Bible. If you didn't have faith, you wouldn't be seeking answers, wanting to have a relationship with God. You do have faith. Again, I say to you, my brother, do not let the enemy fool you into thinking you don't have a relationship with God. God hears every word and he sees every tear. Believe and trust. He loves you and he's got you. In Jesus' name, I say amen.